You know, when they told me to give a TED talk today, no one really filled me in on the fact that I'd be speaking to a room full of body language experts. But there we go. I'm basically going to be talking to you about different moments in my life which really had a big impact on my perspective in everything. And I'm going to take you back to when I first landed in Nepal. My friend Dan and I, we just got awarded a grant to do an expedition in the Nepalese Himalayas. And we pretty much got off at the last road uh, towards the Himalayan region. And we started trekking. So we put on our bags and, you know, our bags were pretty filled with stuff, you know, our ice axes and our rope and our harnesses. And they were really heavy, enough food to last us for several days where there wasn't going to be any civilization around. And I instantly realized just how challenging this trip was going to be. As we started trekking, you were essentially just going up one valley and then down another, and then up another valley and then down another. There's no gradual climb, and it really, really, really just takes it out of you. And this happens multiple times in a day, where you think you're about to just reach your location of altitude and just you know, have a break. You're like, oh, no, I have to go down and go back up again. But on the third day, we never really actually found out what I was infected with, but I caught some kind of infection. And essentially what this meant was, when I would eat dinner or breakfast or anything, I would have something and it would either go down and it would come straight back out again and I'd vomit, or it would just go down and I'd just have the smelliest, messiest diarrhea that um, I, could, I could possibly ever have had in my life. <laughs> um, this was, this was pretty bad considering the amount of exercise we were doing because it just essentially meant I wasn't getting the nutrients that I needed. It was just coming straight back out of me, which really made it tough and challenging. But mind over, mind over body persevered, and we managed to get to this place, which is Lukla. This would have been the last sensible place for us to turn around. You know, I mean, there's no roads that lead to this airport. It's just an airport there for people that want to climb the mountains. We could have just turned back then. But, you know, I thought, let's, let's go for it. Let's do this. We then proceeded to go into this kind of region here. I like this picture because this kind of represents what my mind was going through, you know, with this kind of physical challenge that I was trying to overcome and also the things that I was trying to escape from back at home. This kind of cloudiness kind of really well represents what was going through my head. My head was strong in the game and we were just continuously walking on and on and on. And then I went through a bit of a breakup as well with somebody on this part of the trip. And this is where my mind just started to disintegrate fully sometimes just go as far ahead of Dan as I possibly could, just so with all of my masculinity, just like, you know, just walk really hard with my big bag, and at the same time, just like cry a bit as well on my own, <laughs> which was an, an interesting experience. But we managed to get to this place. This is at 6,000 meters altitude. Here, it's, it was really, really, really cold. We were trying to climb up these ice walls over here. Um, this is called the Amfu Lhotse Ice Pass. And essentially, you've got these 8 foot, 11 feet ice walls. And you kind of just have to go up them pretty, well, pretty vertically. And this was, I'd say, the most dangerous part of our trip. But my infection was still kind of putting me down at this point. I mean, you know, when you're spooning in a cold but humid tent, and then you have to just run out of your sleeping bag and just sit down in snow and let nature take its place and just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was feeling pretty awful by this point. You know, I really, really wanted to just give up. If there was a possible way for me to leave this mountain, I would have definitely taken it. My mind and my body was just not in the right place to do this. The problem was that I did not have that option because at this point, we didn't really have the food to go back and we just had to continue over the top. We had an emergency beacon. If we used it, 
A helicopter wouldn't have come because the weather was so, so bad. We were being pounded by cloud, by rain. No helicopter would have dared make that travel. So we just had to push on. And we got to one of those ice shelves like over a few days and just made slow increments. And then we were blessed with some of the most beautiful weather that we've ever had on that trip. You know, we could see clear skies. One of the first times we could see all of the mountains around us. I think this was one of the first days we could actually see Everest. You know, like it was incredible and it was amazing. So what we then started doing was we just kind of put our ropes up once we got to the top and we started to make a descent. And the descent was one of the best parts of my trip because I was really thinking, you know what? This was an extreme challenge. This was one of the worst challenges of my life. Also probably the best for that reason. But I conquered it. And at the same time, you know, don't get me wrong, like we were coming down, but I was also just in such a huge hurry to get back. I just really wanted to have a burger and, you know, just have a meal. So what happened was I, I was, we were walking back so fast and for long, long hours as well. I actually had the worst chafing that I've ever had in my life. There was blood coming down the side of my legs. It was really terrible. And we finally, finally got back to Lukla, that town with the airport, and I ate like a pig. I lost 10 kilos on this trip, by the way. So this, I I was like just taking in all the nutrients that I had missed. Unfortunately, I forgot about the fact that I still had this infection. So, <laughs> <laughs> poor Dan. Just imagine yourselves as Dan for a second, okay? Dan, <laughs> I need your help. Please get to the bathroom. <laughs> so, he wakes up and he just puts his shoes on and he comes and sees me in the bathroom. And I'm on the floor, totally naked, butt naked. My head is in the toilet, and there is poo everywhere. Like, <clears throat> so, you know, this was by far one of the worst things of my life in <laughs> multiple ways. But this is the big question. Would I do it again? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit why. And bear in mind, this was two years ago. The thing is... <laughs> Five years ago, when I was supposed to be doing my A-levels, I was actually clowning around and doing other things and drinking, and I failed so badly that I got kicked out of school. And, you know, this was the first time I tasted failure, and it was such a deep feeling for me, because I had all these ambitions, and to finally get to a point where I wasn't able to pursue them, not, not because... I wasn't able to, but simply because I made the wrong choices. I mean, this was a really powerful thing for me. And then three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a tumor in my leg, and I had to have about a month of radiotherapy. And this itself was really, really daunting. I was trying my hardest to go to university and to keep on my studies. And then they had to remove one of my quadriceps muscles out of my leg. And at this point, I didn't know whether I was going to be able to, you know, to do sports ever again, to go climbing ever again, to do any expeditions. I had to drop out of university, and this put strains on my relationships with people, and every part of my life and my spirit just kind of disintegrated. And I actually got into one of the worst depressions that I've ever... Well, the only depression, and just a really bad depression. I was awful. See, in both of these occasions, there was a big switch. See, in both of these times, I kind of thought to myself, I'm not happy about my life. I'm not happy about the way things are going. And I, at the time, all I wanted to do was crawl up into a really protective bubble, shut everyone off, and just kind of be by myself. But something had to change, and no one was going to change anything for me, so it had to come from me. 
The way I picked myself up really was to just push myself out of my comfort zone. So when I had depression, I just had days where I just wanted to lie in bed after waking up for four hours, you know, like any millennial, just on Facebook, scrolling aimlessly and not doing anything. And I just wanted to just get out of that routine and just, you know, push myself out there, go and meet all the different people that are inviting me out, go and get involved in different activities. And this was really the only way that I picked myself up, the way I accomplished my goals. I would always think back to my expeditions, actually. You see, when I was trying to retake all of my exams and also do my final year together, I always thought back to one important concept that, you know, there's always a campsite and there's always an end that where you can put your tent down and pitch up and everything. So this thing was always at the back of my head. You know, when I was thinking about, when I was trying to retake my A-levels, I was always thinking, oh, God, like, why am I doing this? What's the point? Why am I even trying? But I always remembered that, you know, despite the fact that I was working so hard, there would always be like an end and there'd always be something worthwhile to see. You know, when you go on top of a hill, there's always a good view waiting for you. I think one of the big things was I was always scared about trying and trying and failing as well. But I guess the only thing that I had in my mind was that I did change my perspective about my fears because I thought I was at rock bottom at these points in my life. And I was just thinking, well, I can't really go any worse than this and I don't really want them to stay the same. So I might as well start doing something about it and trying my hardest to improve. So importantly, what has changed since then, five years ago when I was <laughs> acting like this? Not much. <laughs> you see, our core beliefs as people are established when we're quite young and they kind of stay with us. But one thing that always changes is our perspectives. And you know, you don't really have to go on a crazy expedition for your perspectives to change, but you just really have to do things because you as individuals are powerful enough to do them. And this is how I want to finish up today. You see, perspective develops with experience. And you have the power to push yourselves to incredible levels, levels that you wouldn't have even known existed. So I want to leave you with that thought. And thank you very much for giving me your time. <laughs>